everybody. I'm Peter Diamandis, and I'm here with my coach and my dear friend, Dan Sullivan, and this is your next episode of Exponential Wisdom. It's actually going to be Longevity Part 2. Mm-hmm. So, Dan, I'm excited to share with you and then all of our listeners what just happened. I mean, it was an amazing five-day trip, which I actually did twice with two different cohorts from Abundance 360. And one of the big things, it was in person. <laughs> yeah, it was in person. Who's had an in-person experience in the yeah. last six months? And it was interesting because about, you know, four months ago, we've been planning this for a year. You know, in the past three years, we had done a program on going to China. I would take my Abundance 360 Platinum trip members to China. We'd meet with the top executives. But, you know, China's changed somewhat dramatically in the last year. So a year ago, we made the shift to focus on longevity. And then come March, we made it a longevity and immunity tour to cover both longevity and what's going on in vaccines, and therapeutics, and viruses, and so forth. But come June, I had a number of members of my team say, Peter, you can't do this. We have to cancel it. And I was going, no, there is always a way to do it, and there's a way to do it better. So we ended up doing this. This was two and a half days in the Bay Area and two and a half days in San Diego. Those are two of the five sort of longevity hubs in the United States. And next year's trip is going to be Boston, Cambridge, New York. We were at beautiful five-star hotels, and we took a ballroom and turned it into a large living room and called that the Longevity Lounge. Everybody coming in was PCR tested, every employee, every member, every speaker. And so we created an immunity bubble, and then we had very strict rules around mask wearing and protecting yourself and the community going outside. And I had a lot of these top scientists coming in. We're going, oh my God, this feels so good to, to see another human again up front. But everybody's been safe. And I feel very confident that we had a super safe event. In fact, it's given me the sense that for Abundance 360, this coming January, we'll offer the same an in-person immunity bubble event, and then a full virtual event for those who don't want to travel Mm -hmm. because we can do an incredible virtual version. So I'll set the setting. We're in Half Moon Bay at the Ritz-Carlton, a few miles from San Francisco and a few miles from the Bay Area. And it's day one. It's a Wednesday. And I opened up the program with all of the members talking about why they were there. And that was interesting in itself. Right. And it was like, what's bringing you here? Family disease, genetic disease, other things where people looking to make investments. I think, you know, one of the most amazing investments you're going to make is in the longevity space. And then people who were there just for fascination. I mentioned in our previous podcast, we did a scorecard, which you taught me, and people scored themselves to understand what their coming in mindset was. And that was pretty amazing. I mean, Why would you go, Dan, to one of these five-day trips? What would you be looking for in particular? Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, I've been pursuing, starting in 1987, a mindset program for myself and for strategic coach clients. And it's really about significantly increasing your expectation and uh, all the skills and support that happens of living way, way beyond what the ordinary thought is about you know, you're going to die at 78, you're going to die at 85, you got family history, and, you know, you pick up uh, lots of messages from the world. 
And I just determined that I was going to live basically about twice as long as what was expected. It was 78 at that time, and my expectation is 156. So the thing is, you know, I've got the phrase that your eyes only see and your ears only hear what your brain's looking for. Love that. And I said, well, why don't I just tell my brain what I'm looking for? I'm looking for anything that extends my life healthily and very actively and energetically to 156. So I've been working on that now, well, 87 to 2020. So it's 33 years. And it's my natural thought. The moment I ever think about my lifetime, I always bounce it off 156. And I'm now making goals for my what's going to happen on my 100th birthday in 2044. It doesn't give me a thought that this is not believable, that this is not possible. I said, of course, I'm going to do that. And I tell everybody, I don't know what you're doing in 2044, but this is what I'm going to be doing. (laughs) I'm standing on the moon or onwards to Mars. Yeah. So that was the opening was the conversation with the members to understand why they're there. One of the things that we do in the coach community is we're a mastermind for each other, helping each other see and hear solutions for what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We open up with a great talk that a dear friend, Daniel Kraft, gives. And Daniel, I've known, he was one of my students at International Space University, my first university. And then when I started with Ray Kurzweil, Singularity University, I invited Daniel to become the chair of that track. And he and I came up with the idea, which would become exponential medicine. And he's been running that for numerous years. So He's the guy who's at the intersection of AI sensors, networks, robotics, 3D printing, AR, VR, synthetic biology, and health and longevity. So I hadn't come and give a framing talk about how exponentials are changing healthcare. And it was great. Daniel's amazing. You know, a few of my takeaways, and I've been preaching this forever. I wrote about this in my last book. We're in a period of sick care. We're not healthcare. Mm-hmm. The system takes care of you after you're sick versus keeping you healthy. And the technology for doing that is just coming online right now. Mm-hmm. And he talked about the explosion of sensors, wearables, edibles, implantables, underwearables, all of these sensors that are measuring your body all of the time. Yeah. And that was great. And you sort of walking away saying, okay, lots of tech companies. And one of the things Dan, you and I've talked about is the healthcare companies of the future aren't going to be the ones you think of. They are, you know, Tim Cook at Apple says, Apple's, uh, paraphrasing him, ultimate destiny is a healthcare company. You know, Bezos is moving into healthcare as Google with Verily. So it's all about data-driven, high sensor density capabilities to understand what's going on in your body. Yeah. This is the most eventful year of my life. So I'm 76. You know, I was born two weeks before the invasion of Normandy. So exciting things were happening, you know, when I was born. And then, you know, you had the nuclear war threat, late 40s, early 50s, you know, lots of interesting things. But this has been the most eventful year because I've never seen amazingly rapid adaption by hundreds of millions of people of a particular technology that was forced on them by the lockdowns related to the pandemic. I really got used to Zoom about five, six years ago because I was doing- You were an early adopter, yeah. Podcasts, and I was always frustrated by the fact that we were using Zoom, but there was nobody at the other end. And (laughs) within about 30 days, everybody was at the other end, not necessarily comfortably, but they were at the other end. And one of the things, Peter, I developed a little saying 
is that there's no incentive like no alternative. <laughs> That's great. So and can so- you apply that to the longevity thing regarding mindset? And this is on an individual basis. I'm not talking about a mass basis here. But what is it when somebody crosses the line and gets real serious about longevity? Yeah, that's a great question. I think when you get real serious about longevity and you realize that it is very much an option, that being disease-free and being pain-free and being, I will call it, death-free is truly an option, you'll have to make a decision whether you want that or not and how much you want it. And do you want to just pursue what was the norm? Now, there is a price to be paid today. It's not a financial price. It's a focus price. It is a tension. Emotional, psychological Emotional, price. psychological, and an attention. And, and by the way, you may be married to someone who laughs at you and says, oh, great, you know, you're going to live to 200 years and I'm going to be long gone. And that may be their choice. But there will be a moment in time just like there was a moment in time where dying from a bacterial infection, you know, went away. Childbirth. Childbirth, yes. Dying in childbirth, right? You know, you can, in fact, go to a farm and take a risky childbirth, or you can go and get the latest and greatest access and capabilities. And these are choices that we'll make. But there will be a mindset where it says, I refuse to go into the dying of the light. I will do everything I can in my power. And The craziest thing is we spend so much of our money and time in the waning years of our lives fighting a specific disease, yet instead of spending it incrementally along the way to give ourselves the longevity and vitality. And it's hard work right now, right? It's the work of what you eat, getting sleep, getting exercise, which is the hardest thing, right? Dan, you are extraordinary in your commitment to that. Mm -hmm. Peter, what's shifted technologically because we've had some really wow shows at Abundance 360 almost every year about what they're working on and what they predict over the next two or three years. But what has changed fundamentally technologically that's enabling people to make breakthroughs much faster than they anticipated? Great question, Dan. And again, we had like somewhere between 45 and 49 presenter scientists that I brought in for people to meet and talk to and dig into. And there's a number of technologies. So let's talk about them and then I'll highlight them as we go along. First and foremost, of course, is genome sequencing, but not just genome sequencing, which has dropped precipitously from multiple billions to hundreds of millions to millions to thousands to now hundreds of dollars, right? You can sequence all 3.2 billion letters of your life for that small amount. What's crazy right now is It used to be you have to give a large amount of cells and blood to do that. You can actually sequence the genome of a single cell. That blows me away. Other technologies, the ability to write genomes, to actually create the sequences that you want in the computer and then print a life form, so to speak. Again, insane. The next technology is CRISPR technology. We've heard about that, and everybody's heard about CRISPR in one way, shape, or form, unless you've been sort of living under the proverbial rock. But CRISPR has gone beyond just CRISPR-Cas9. There have been multiple numbers of different CRISPR proteins, CRISPR-Cas10, 13, 14, 
caspe a whole bunch of different crispr molecules essentially if i understand it it's the ability to actually alter existing genes yeah it's the ability to go in and we think of it as a word processor to cut and paste but there's another function and one of the speakers i'll mention in a moment talked about this it is control x control v right cut and paste but it's also control f it's like Microsoft Word on one end and Google on another. So you can use CRISPR to go and find, do I have a specific sequence in my genome? So if I've been infected by a virus, do I know if I have the virus in me because the virus sequence is in there? So a search function, a very accurate search function is now possible, very cheap. And the technology is ingenious how they use that. So that's CRISPR-related capabilities. Another one, and when uh, I was doing a joint MD-PhD program, I bolted after the MD because no one was going to call me doctor, doctor. So I decided not to get the second degree, but I was in MIT and Harvard lab doing the earliest gene therapy work. I was mesmerized by it. It 30 years ago. And it was the notion that you can use what's now called an adeno-associated virus, AAV. It's the product. It's like the FedEx package. You can program this AAV, you can put an address on this FedEx package, and you say, I want you to deliver the contents of this gene into this person's liver cells or retinal cells or skin cells or bone marrow cells or all cells. And so you can tell this adeno-associated virus to deliver this gene package that might be missing or might be corrupt or it would be great to have a second copy of it or a third or a fourth copy of it mm-hmm. and deliver it. Oh my God, amazing. So 30 years ago, it was an idea. Yeah. And then it killed somebody in the early practices and it got buried. Well, it's now been approved for 20 different cures mm-hmm. and there's 400 clinical trials and it is one of the amazing workhorses of this. So So it continues. There's uh, cell therapy, the ability to give person not just a drug or a gene, but entire cells, stem cells, or growth factors from exosomes. Anyway, those are some of the basic functions. And then combine that with super high resolution, low cost imaging to know what's going on, monitors and sensors in your body, and then the explosion of AI to run massively parallel experiments in genetics of millions of different combinations of things. And then on top of that, it's all demonetized. Yep. High school kids are doing it. Mm-hmm. And there's thousands of labs and people are sharing information. And it's like we're in the middle of this incredible renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that Matt Ridley brought up. I was listening to podcasts with Alex Epstein, who's in our program with Matt Ridley. And Matt Ridley said that He said a lot of people believe that science drives technology, but he says, actually, if you look at the breakthroughs, it's basically technological breakthroughs that actually make new kinds of science possible. And he says it's a tinkering. He said any technology where a great deal of tinkering is encouraged, you start seeing scientific breakthroughs as a result of the technological tinkering. So you've followed this for 30 years. I mean, you've been aware for it. So one of the things that you, in a previous podcast, you described the shift in thinking of the 
A360 members that you had along for these two trips. But you've also known the actual scientists and the technologists and the lab people over that. Can you talk about the shift that you're noticing in mindset of these individuals this year compared to previous year? Like, say, two or three years ago, it seemed to me that they had to supply their own batteries for energy, but now they can plug into the grid. Yeah, so what they're seeing is all of the tools have been fully automated and they're available for cheap. And one company says, hey, we're gonna be the world's best manufacturer of this component. And we're gonna do it at a level of scale. And so all of a sudden the lab says, oh great, I don't have to actually do that manual thing that fails half the time, I'm gonna buy it from them. And I'm gonna buy this and this and this. So it literally is a complete supply chain of these amazing capabilities that allow people to run experiments like never before. You have to understand that these scientists on this trip, and I had with me, a lot of the Abundance 360 members are investors, they're venture capitalists, they're philanthropists. And I was like, guys, I want you to see amazing opportunities, but please understand what little amount of money these guys are doing this on. It's crazy. The breakthroughs that are being made on a couple million dollars of philanthropic budget, philanthropic for a very important reason versus a federal grant. Federal grants are very traditional in what you can use it for. And so a lot of these guys are gals looking for the philanthropic dollar that enables them to try crazy ideas, right? The day before something is truly a breakthrough, it's a crazy idea. Yeah, I teach that over and over again. And it's like a lot of these scientists are restricted because of their institution or their original funder to traditional science. Yeah, they have to do the testing exactly the way they've discovered and they've described in the grant. And they can't modify when shit happens. They can't yeah. just learn from their mistakes and try something new. God forbid. God forbid. So can I tell you one of the first speakers and some of the cool stuff? So one of the gems of society is a facility up in the Bay Area called the Buck. The Buck is the leading longevity center in the United States for research. And they incubate a dozen companies, great opportunities. My venture fund, Bull Capital, goes and looks at what they're doing to make investments. Eric Verdon, who's an MD, PhD, leads it. He's incredible. So he opened up and we talked about the following interesting turning point. For the first time ever, Dan, we are selling more adult diapers and baby diapers this year, <laughs> which is fascinating. The average age a couple thousand years ago, we know this as you've talked about from Roman records, you know, the average lifespan was about 22 mm -hmm. and the health span was about 20, which meant like, you know, you make it 22, but you were healthy for 20, long enough to have had a baby and help get your baby up to the point where it can defend itself as an eight-year-old because you have a baby when you were 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. 1900, it was 47, health span of 42. Today, depending on where you are in the world, it's 75 to 80 with a health span, you know, probably a decade less than that. Do you know the number one? Of course you do, but I'll just jokingly ask the number one risk factor for all major diseases. It's age. <laughs> Maybe that's the disease. That is the disease. And so we're beginning to start talking about age as a disease. Just now, another change going on is that scientific institutions and even government agencies are beginning to talk about this as a disease. And our goal right now isn't immortality, but it is immorbidity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great yeah. term. Well, you can see it in the COVID who died. 
they get enough data now that they can kind of tell that anyone above a certain age, they should have just zeroed in on that individual. And, you know, rather than locking down the entire population and everything else, just give special care to the people who are in the susceptibility stage. Yeah. So super cool. I mean, Eric gave an overview of the work going on at the Buck. He does his own work in a work area very similar to David Sinclair, who spoke on our last day on the idea of NAD+, which is the power cell. It's sort of like the battery system of the cells. and To make yourself continually younger. Yeah, and it's also the products are coming out like NMN products. Mm-hmm. So a couple of other fun conversations. Wolfgang Dom, who is the CEO of a company called Edifice Health, he's just joining my Abundance 360 community now as a member as well. He's working with Stanford. They created something called the Immune 1000, and they've identified, you know what our number one thing we're fighting as we age, number one element is inflammation, mm-hmm. right? You want to fight inflammation. Inflammation causes a lot of our diseases. And what Edifice Health is doing from a blood test is giving you an inflammation age. And what they're doing is they're testing thousands and thousands of products to help understand which of these products actually reduce chronic inflammation. I'm super excited about that. They're testing some 250,000 different proteins. And again, it's this idea of massive parallelism. So besides just aspirin, you know, can we reduce that? Peter, just for, you know, people are listening to our podcast here, what would be something where people are suffering from inflammation and they feel normal, but they're actually suffering from inflammation? What would be the sort of conditions where it would show up? It can show up in joint pain, first and foremost. And if we talk about delivering people aspirin, not vitamins. And the number one aspirin is joint inflammation from some version of osteoarthritis and muscle inflammation where you're losing muscle mass. And then it can show up in any tissue anywhere in the body. Mm-hmm. It's just generalized dysregulation in the body. People forget the fact that we consume food and we turn it into energy that we operate the systems and and there's constantly a metabolism going on that is causing damage. You can't have that amount of energy being released and keep systems perfect. And that damage unless it's corrected, leads to disease. So a lot of the conversations are, you don't stop metabolism, it's okay. You accumulate damage throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And as we age, we don't actually repair it. And that leads to disease and ultimate death of the organism, which case is humans. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think it's hard to accept, but nature really doesn't care about us. It doesn't, man. I'm so pissed off. It's like it gives up on us after the age of like, you know, 20. 30. Yes, 30. Yeah, because muscle growth stops in the upper 20s, you know. And I said, you know, if you haven't done what you're supposed to do for nature's purposes by 30, forget it. Yeah. So honestly, it's like you have a baby at age 12 or 13. And your only job at that point, after having, you know, passed on your genes, you've done majority of your job is to keep that baby alive so it can reproduce. And that's it. And we invest so much of our energy and time, nine months and then the first years of our life, supporting that child or child, you know, typically one child at a time. And by the time you're 30, your grandparent and you're taking food out of your grandchildren's mouths, you're a detriment to your species. 
Yeah. And so the best thing you could do was like give your bits back and die and get out of the way. Mm. And that's the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. Let me hit on a couple because it's like, wow, this session is running. All right. We heard from a company called Unity Biosciences, Ned David, and it's a public company. You can go and see, you can find it. It's exchange out there. But Unity Biosciences focused on one of the disease scenarios of the body, which is all of our cells in our body have something called the Hayflick limit. Our cells divide 50 times. And then one of three things happens. Number one, if it has a decency, it dies. And it says, I've done my gig. I'm going to make room for stem cells to replace me and go through this growth cycle again. Otherwise, if it's really evil, it becomes a cancer. And all of a sudden, it doesn't stop dividing and it continues. And that's a problem. The third thing that can happen is it can become a senile cell. And a senile cell is a cell that is pumping out inflammatory markers. It's like a cell that's running around carrying revolutionary banners saying, let's revolt. We don't like it here anymore. Let's burn the city down. <laughs> let's burn the city down. And, and, like, and they can go and they can recruit other cells to become inflammatory. And this is part of what your inflammation age is. So what Unity Bioscience is, one of the number of companies out there working on synolytic medicines that identify the senile cells in your body, typically between 1% to 3% of your different organs, can target them, eliminate them, and make room for new cells to grow. So that was them. We talked to a company called Zero State Alpha that is using large-scale AI to test millions of compounds to see which of those compounds can extend the life of a nematode, which is a little worm. That's the first step. And then they'll test them in more complex organisms, more complex organisms eventually, because there are going to be sort of fountain of youth compounds out there that will impact us. And so they check it. Napa Therapeutics is working on a new version of NMN to generate real vitality. So that was some of the extraordinary companies. One other company that I'll just mention and I'll pause there, is a company called BHB Therapeutics. And BHB, BHB Therapeutics have discovered a way to manufacture ketone bodies. So a lot of people talk about the value of going into ketosis, yep. right? Reducing sugar. By the way, number one thing you get in a diet, get rid of sugar. Get rid of sugar, get rid of white flour, carbs, get rid of, did I mention getting rid of sugar? Yeah. You've done that, right? Mostly? Oh, yeah. We can go three or four days and there's no sugar. And, you know, there might be fruit or something like that, but not sugar, sugar. So when you go into ketosis, ketone bodies in your bloodstream are extraordinarily high energy and they focus on feeding your brain and your heart. But it's hard to get ketosis. You get there through either super high protein or going into a fasting state. And what they've created is a product that's going to be coming out on the market in the end of 2020, end of this year, which will be like a five-hour energy drink that puts you in ketosis for the day. Wow. Super excited about it. Super excited to begin using it and supporting it. I love where they're going with this. I'll tell you, we ended day one with an amazing group of three women talking about women's reproductive health. A few key points worth noting, and I'm super excited about really helping promote the work that these guys do at The Buck 
in particular, Dr. Francesca Duncan. First of all, amazingly, shockingly, maybe not shockingly, women are almost always ignored when drugs are designed and approved. And the reason is that the female menstrual cycle and menopause is such a confusing factor that it's easier to just do all the tests and the research on men. And it's crazy. So they just opened my eyes, the whole world of femtech. They also, working with Dr. Francis Collins at the NIH, they created a human on a chip, in particular, a female human, where they had all of the different tissue types in a woman, differentiating a woman from a man, and be able to test drugs and meds on there. Just incredible stuff going on. Yeah. yeah. I'm often asked the question because coach clients, they know you through me and through A360. And they say, how can you be confronted every day with a sort of a fire hydrant stream of new things all the time and still feel okay that day and balanced, like you get on with what you're doing? And it's a good question in relationship to this, because this fire hydrant is like something coming off Graham Cooley Dam. So how do you just the way you sort things together, you know, like, oh, everything I thought was true three months ago, I was wrong about that. And now I've got to take into account all this new breakthroughs. How do you just lead for you an ordinary day? And this is good, even though all this stuff is happening. What have you done with your brain to sort this yeah. out? That's an important question, Dan. I made some fundamental changes last trip and some fundamental changes this trip. But I chunk the information. I chunk it in terms of, okay, I update certain basic beliefs and premises around certain things, around sleep, around exercise, around diet and such. And then as you have taught so beautifully inside a coach, it's who, not how. So I have my series of who's that I focus on. And I'd love to share some of that. I'll mention the changes I made. And then I think we're going to have to go into a third podcast on this because I've got so much more to cover. That's great. I can do that. At the end of my first trip, which was in August, first five days, I realized how much importance sleep and exercise was. And my shoulder was bothering me so much that it was causing me not to get good night's sleep. And I was unable to exercise with weights as much as I wanted. I landed Monday morning. I made a definitive decision. I went Monday afternoon for an MRI and a meeting with my orthopedic surgeon. And I was in surgery four days later to get my shoulder fixed and to really put me on a path. Because I had my right shoulder done nine years ago. And again, as I mentioned, I have a large bone spur that digs in to the tendon and muscle. And it's been really messing up my shoulder and has that bone spur has to be cut back. And then the tendons, ligaments, and muscle repaired, which was done 100% on my right shoulder. And my left shoulder, I did the surgery. I had exosome injections into my capsule and into the shoulder. I can tell you that my left shoulder repair is a month ahead of my right shoulder repair. So that was the change for my first trip. The second trip I did, my changes principally are in my diet and my supplement regime. Mm -hmm. My greatest health risk is cardiovascular because of my genetics. And I ended up a year ago going onto a vegan diet. And I realized through this trip that it isn't the cholesterol that is the real risk. It is the glycosylated cholesterol. It is cholesterol in combination with high sugar levels. And cholesterol is important for your body. 
for your brain, your brain is, you know, majority cholesterol in one shape or form or another. So I've switched off of the vegan diet. Some people listening might find that surprising, but I've gone strictly down onto a minimal sugar diet, getting rid of as much of that as possible. Went out and bought a blood glucose monitor to monitor my blood glucose levels. I was on statins because my cardiologist wanted me to be on statins. I was on it for six months. I'm back off the statins. I'll basically just deal with heart disease by virtue of getting rid of the sugar that makes it sticky. So except for the buns, you can come to my next slider party then, right? (laughs) I focus more on pork and chicken, but I'll take a... We can do pork sliders. We can do chicken sliders. I'm in. I'll take the bun off and I'll enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm happy. This is a great tour that you're taking us on. Yeah. I'd love to share with the rest of our Exponential Wisdom listeners. Might accelerate the rate a little bit, but I got four more days to talk about. Well, that's good. We're good for a couple hundred years, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> All right, good. Peter, the best way for people who are interested in Strategic Coach and what we offer, the best thing is just to go to strategiccoach.com and just go on programs and resources and they'll get a full information on Strategic Coach. Fantastic. And those of you who want to learn more about becoming a member of Abundance 360, go to a360, a360.com. You can learn about our in-person and our virtual programs. And really, it's an extraordinary group of 360 entrepreneurs who are off to create their mindsets and change the world. See you next episode. Okay, Okay, thanks, Peter. Bye.